صباح الخير جود مورنينج دي ليسنرز يو ليسنينج تو راديو 3 سي ار اون 855 Palestine Remembered is Australia's only English language radio program that is totally dedicated to Palestine. We'd like to welcome those listening on 855 and those that will join us on podcast at 3cr.org.au. Thanks for joining us. Stay with us and enjoy the episode. Good morning, Rob. Good morning, Asa. How are you today? Mate, I am rocking and rolling. Now, remember, listeners, June is uh, Radiothon month, and unfortunately, we're not in the studio, so we can't do our usual Radiothon where we get to live chat with our supporters and friends and listeners, and you can donate your money. But what you can do is go to 3cr.org.au, click on the Donate button, make a tax-deductible donation to 3CR, make sure 3CR... Uh, is here to stay, so voices like ours on Palestine, but other marginalised communities, their voices can also be heard. Uh, so we we can't actually do it with the, without the money, and uh, it's a necessity, so please dig deep. Dig deep, 3cr.org.au, or call in and somebody will take your credit card details. Now, Rob, uh, we were planning to have Kim on today to do part two of her PhD. Unfortunately, she, she can't be with us, and we'll do that show later later on this year. The feedback we got for last week too was fantastic, so we'll make sure that we will do part two yeah, in the very well, near future. Well, I, Rob, I spoke to a couple of people and they were saying to me how much they learned from the show, and I said to them, look, I can't tell you how much I learned as well. So yeah. it's a period of um, Palestinian history that hasn't received the same sort of attention, obviously, as Nakba 48 or Nakba 67 yeah. or the invasion of Lebanon, the siege on Gaza. So great that Kim's done that work uh, locally as an uh, Aboriginal woman and uh, understanding the, the the solidarity with the Palestinian people as another Indigenous people robbed by settler colonialism. Yeah. First things first, we've got a couple of things we want to talk about today, but first we want to talk about annexation, Rob. Yeah, one of these uh, lovely things that I think is due to start in within the next month, and this is when yeah. Israel starts to basically steal Legally, still uh, <laughs> uh, under their laws. Legally, yeah, under legally. Their laws, according, well, according according to Benjamin Netanyahu and Donald Trump, it's legal. Under international law, it clearly is not. Under international law, it clearly is not. You're 100 percent right there. Yeah. So Israel is going to annex parts of the West Bank that are supposed to be a future Palestinian state, Area C, which under Oslo, Israel has complete control over. Some 400,000 Palestinians will suddenly be. God knows what, in the state of Israel. They won't be citizens. They won't be given citizenship, but they'll be resident illegal immigrants or God knows what the, the uh, Kafkaesque term that Israel will apply to those Palestinians that suddenly become part of the state of Israel. So Area C has been an area over the last umpteen years where nobody could do anything except the Israeli army could use it for their bases. Is that correct? Oh, Israeli army could use it for its bases. Yes, correct. But um, no one it, else has been able to, but now well, that and it's been basically put aside for yeah. this moment. So, so we should just pause there. So Israel's used it for security and military bases, but also has moved settlers into those areas. Yeah. They've allowed the settlers to build. They've connected those settlements, illegal settlements, to the Israeli power grid, to the Israeli uh, water and utilities grids. It's connected those illegal settlements back to Israel proper inside, you know, Palestine 48. 
it's um, given incentives, tax incentives, made the homes cheaper to allow for Israelis to settle in those illegal settlements. Mm-hmm. It's done everything plausible and available, t- taken extra water, the amount of water available to illegal settlers in the West Bank is something like five to six times what is available to a Palestinian. The World Health Organization says that the amount of water that each human being needs per day to be, uh, you know, to live a, a normal life is 100 litres per person per day. The average hmm. Israeli settler is close to 300. They've got green lawns and they've got pools. The average Palestinian is somewhere between 30 and 40 litres per day. So, hmm. you know, six to seven times more for those illegal settlers. So Area C was supposed to be part of the West Bank that was for future negotiations. What, you know, ultimately leading to Palestinian statehood was seen in in the Oslo Accords now almost 30 years ago. But what we've known all along and, you know, Israel's proved is they're eating it up to keep it. Now, it's like the old uh, analogy of the pizza, isn't it? We buy a pizza, we're negotiating, negotiating over it whilst one person keeps eating it. Yeah. So we've got the situation now where Israel, you know, has been given green light. Secretary of State Pompeo was in Israel in late May and he said to Benjamin Netanyahu that Israel had the right and the obligation to choose how they want to apply sovereignty over the West Bank. So that's a direct quote. He said Israel's got the right and the obligation to decide if and how it wants to apply sovereignty in the West Bank. So that's that's yeah. the green light to yeah. go ahead. I've got to say that when, when I was over there, I went through some parts of Area C and um, there were houses that weren't that old. They were, but they've got a caveat over the house to say that it could be removed and demolished at any stage, pretty much like all Palestinian houses. You're saying the Palestinian houses had caveats on them or demolition orders? Yeah, caveats. So they could have a demolition order that's basically say that at any time. Mm. Uh, and this, I was there three years ago, so it will be coming up in the next month or so that they'll probably start losing their homes. So even though it was Area C, there has been some Palestinian homes on them, not many. We should say the reality is that there's a 99% chance that a Palestinian application for a building permit will be denied in Area C. I think that's the factness. I think that's statistically correct. And that, you know, it's 99.9% chance that if you're uh, an Israeli uh, that you'll be given your building approval. And the reality of Palestinians, whether they be in Area C or East Jerusalem, anywhere in occupied Palestine, the permit process is so long, so slow, so expensive, and the chance of a yes so little that many Palestinians just built just because they have to. I mean, the kids get married. And and the reality is Jeff Helper and his group, the International Coalition Against Housing Demolitions, they've documented tens of thousands of house demolitions since 1967 when Israel occupied East Jerusalem and the West Bank. And there are thousands of Palestinian homes that have got demolition orders over them. And in fact, many Palestinians, when confronted with the, we're coming on Monday and we're going to knock over your house and you're going to get a bill for $10,000, they're given the opportunity to knock it down themselves and thus save themselves a $10,000 demolition fee. And Palestinians actually are forced, you know, because of the financial implications, actually choose to knock down their own homes. Yeah, one one of, uh, again, just, you know, last time I was there, one of the saddest moments I ever saw was a house probably 12 Palestinians living in it. And, mm. you know, the great caterpillar bulldozers came through uh, and knocked it to the ground where it was, you know, unrecognisable. And the fact is that half of the Palestinian stuff was in the house. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, there was a number of girls in school uniforms that obviously come home from school. So they've left in the morning, scene. had breakfast in the morning in their home, come back and all their memories and love and... But one of crushed. the most horrific things that, uh, that a person can see. You're just helpless, but you can't possibly understand what the family's going through. Just not possible for us to understand, to comprehend. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's another systematic racial discrimination that uh, Israel does on the Palestinians. Well, it's just more apartheid. The interesting thing, and let's talk for a moment, aside from the illegality of the occupation, you know, it's illegal in, under international human, human rights law to move your civilian population into military conquered territory. It's against yes. international law. Uh, it's against international law to then start building in there. It's against international law to continue to treat those people that you occupy under a two-tier legal system. It's illegal to take 12-year-old children in the middle of the night uh, and question them in a foreign language, in a foreign tongue, in a foreign prison without access to legal representation or to their parents. Now, nothing, nothing new to us to understand that Israel is a rogue, illegal, uh, a, a state acting illegally. It's nothing new to us. It's state. Yeah. I mean, the challenge we've got now is we're Australians, right? You and I, we're born here, is the silence of our government. I mean, the whole world is jumping up and down. And when I say the whole world, I mean, even the bad guys, my mind, you know, they're all, some of them are good and some of them bad, but they're mostly all bad. You know, China is upset. China is occupying Tibet, you know, it's... uh, almost went into war with India over some disputed territory. It's making moves in the South China Sea. But China's upset. China's not happy with the uh, annexation. They've actually said China is deeply concerned about Israel's plan. The Indonesian foreign minister, he called Pompeo directly, and he said he urged the US to prevent Israel from carrying out its plan. Now, this is, this is coming from everywhere. You know, Russia, and it's a bit rich for Russia to be... Um, uh, jumping up and down about annexation. I mean, they just annexed Crimea and is under UN sanctions for the annexation. Of yeah, yeah. Australia has applied uh, sanctions against Russia for the annexation of Crimea. Although the Russians have used the same historical justifications as the Israelis about, you know, it's ancient Russian land. Mikhail Bogdanov, who is the um, Russia's deputy foreign minister, he said Israel's annexation is very dangerous. It would end the prospect of a two-state solution and would most likely provoke a new round of violence in Palestine. I mean, you know, the United tell Kingdom... Tell me this then. T- tell me this, because you're saying that all of these world leaders and countries have actually, you know, stood up and said that it's undesirable or, you know... Why aren't we hearing about it on any of our mainstream medias anywhere? Because it is not something that's jumping up here. You have to well, search for Palestinian latest news. Yeah, I mean, look, to, to be fair, the, the news is pretty filled with Black Lives Matter. I mean, you know, True. we have a situation. Yeah, look, about time, you know, they, they killed another guy, you know, who um, was asleep in his car, you know, a poor black guy asleep in his car. The cop pulls him out. Uh, somebody calls in and says, there's a black guy asleep in the, in the car park. And the cops come and they speak to him. And the video shows, you know, he's a, he's a good guy and speaking to them, you know, everything's all right. He says, look, the cop says, you're too drunk to drive. He says, okay, can I lock my car up? My sister lives just down the road. I'll walk to her house and sleep it off. And they've gone, no, no, we're going to arrest you. And then a kerfuffle breaks out and a struggle. The guy manages to get the taser off the copper. He's running away. uh, And the police officer shoots him three times, kills him. 
Now, the, the reality is that somebody, again, when we talk about that, you know, we spoke about George Floyd, about somebody asking, you know, what did he do beforehand? Somebody said to me, he said, maybe if he didn't fight uh, or struggle, he'd be alive. And, and the argument is maybe he struggled and fought because he knows that he's, What's gonna he's, happen? he's gonna die. You know, he yeah. has to get away from these cops. Now, they've got his driver's license. They've got his car. They know who he is. He's running away. I mean, how far is he going to go? Yeah. The guy's running away from you with his back to you. Why would you shoot him? The only reason you shoot him is because there's no cost for you to shoot him and you can get away with it. Yeah. And we should mention his name, Rashad Brooks. You know, he's a father. He's a son. He's a brother. He's just asleep in his car and now he's dead. And, and the way that poor black guys are getting shot by white cops let alone we saw the um, Aboriginal guy in, in South Australia got pulled over by the cops for not riding his bicycle with a helmet, and then gets beaten up. I mean, there's three coppers sitting on top of him, his face down in the, in the, on the ground, and the cop's sitting on his back, and, and he's gone the lawnmower on the back of his head. Crazy. And, so, and then a couple of hours later, the kid gets released without charge. Yeah, which is, you know, I, mean, what, you know, I was going to say that... Uh... The Israelis deem the Palestinians and portray the Palestinians and label the Palestinians to be terrorists. In America, the whites, the majority of the whites, look at the African-Americans as thugs that they're just going to steal. And this is a problem with the media and the education system. And also in Australia, the majority of people see Aboriginals as people that just should get over it. And yeah. it's because we don't have a level of understanding of what they've, all three of them have gone through and continue to go through today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's, it's a horrible that that's the world we live in. Look, the challenge and I, you know, we talk about my Facebook friend list getting smaller and smaller. I had a guy talking, you know, comment on one of my posts that he disagreed and there's no such thing as systematic uh, racism. I said to him, I said, well, seriously, John Smith, you know, why don't you try, fill in your resume, send your resume in and change your name from John Smith to Muhammad Abdurrahman and let's see how many interviews you get. And then you tell me that there's not a system of racism. Then tell me why there's a gap in uh, our life expectancy rates, why the incarceration rates of our Indigenous peoples are so much higher, why so many Indigenous people die in custody. And he said to me, well, they die in custody mostly of natural causes. I said, well, if they're dying in custody... It's the responsibility of the state to care for them because you're in custody. And if they die in custody under the care of the state, that is the fault of the state. doesn't mean that a cop put a gun to their head and shot them. doesn't mean that a, a cop got on the back of their throat and uh, suffocated them. Although that does happen. It does happen that they put Aboriginals in the back of a divvy van and drive them for four hours in 40-hour heat and then get to the destination and the, the, the the prisoner is, uh, has been cooked to death in the back of the yeah. van. That does happen. But if you die in custody, it's the state's fault. Um, yeah. Anyway, let's You also got to ask, a lot of the people that are in there now says, you shouldn't be actually in there. Of course not. Of course but, not. You know, they're thrown in there as a, you know, whether it be a last resort or they'll go, you know what, he's our Aboriginal, we won't care, we'll get him out in a week. And look, we, we, we know that if I was with, you know, an African-American or an Aboriginal, one side of the road I'd been pulled over, they wouldn't be handcuffing me. They wouldn't no. be feeling intimidated by me. No. In fact, they'd say, you know what, Rob, have a good night. Have Whereas a good on night. the other side of the road, I mean, exactly the same, 
whatever it was, whether, you know, speeding or breaking too early, any of those things, he'd end up in the, uh, in the jail. There's no greater example than our late sister, Tanya Day, who died because she fell asleep in a train. She's in a V-line train, you know, coming, coming to Melbourne or leaving Melbourne on the way to I don't yeah. know, Ballarat or Bendigo. She's asleep on the train. The train conductor goes, right, calls the cops, next station, the cops get on, drag her off the train, put her in a lockup. She falls over, knocks her head. Um, they barely check up on her. I mean, there's a royal inquest. So the footage is horrific. It's horrific. She fell asleep on the train and now she's dead. That doesn't happen if you're a white guy or a white woman. No. And look, I'll be oh, honest, no, sir, I've, in, my, in my time, I've, I've had the odd drink. Uh, I would have been exactly the same situation, but I've not looked at twice. I haven't <laughs> been asleep, falling asleep like that, but I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be looked at. Even if you they had. They would get on the train. They'd and give they you a just, bit of an argument and go, come on, mate. Yeah. Where, what station are you yeah. getting off at? Yeah. So, so those people that say there's no systematic uh, racism have really no idea. I mean, they're, whether they're willfully or willingly ignorant, well, they choose to, you know, um, turn a blind eye. But yeah. it's absolutely, it's out there. And you, you see it every day if you want to find it. Of course, of course you do. Of course. Right, let's finish up on the annexation. And the real concern, and particularly as Australians, is the whole world. German foreign minister has warned Netanyahu. The EU senior foreign affairs representative, Joseph Borrell, said in late May that the EU states would not recognise any changes to the 1967 borders unless they were agreed that the two-state solution with Jerusalem as a capital for both states is the only way forward. The UK said no. Russia, China, the whole Indonesia, everyone. Only Australia. Australia is silent, has not said anything. What sickens me is an Australian, uh, Malcolm Turnbull, welcomed uh, Benjamin Netanyahu a couple of years yeah. ago and that earlier this year, President Rivlin was welcomed by Scotty from Advertising. But here we are, you know, an outlier. And, and the reality, where Australia sits as a middle power, it has the ear of the United States. It has the ear of Israel. They can say to them, you just can't do that shit. But Australia will never do that, though, will they? We have to do what Big Brother tells them to do. Well, uh, yeah, Deputy Dog. I mean, and, and, you know, Australia was right out there. You know, we've got to investigate where the, where the COVID came from. We've got to get China, the China disease. You know, and we looked like stupid. We're, we're looking stupid in in the world's eyes and how we've prosecuted that, because the reality is that the WHA ended up calling for a full investigation, and China said they wanted it too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's crazy. Strange times. We might might finish this section off with just a um a quote from a UN body, the OHCHR, which said, and I read this quote, which I, I particularly liked on the annexation. They said that what would be left of the West Bank would be a Palestinian Bantustan, islands of disconnected land, completely surrounded by Israel, with no territorial connection to the outside world. Israel has recently promised that it will maintain permanent security control between the Mediterranean and the Jordan River. Thus, the morning after annexation would be the crystallization of an already unjust reality. Two peoples living in the same space will by the same state, but with profoundly unequal rights this is a vision of a 21st century apartheid so very very who, who wrote that that statement rob was from the united nations human rights office of the high commissioner so uh, you know a very very big uh, group within the un so, brilliantly read brilliantly so, written 
really outstanding human beings and you know finally calling it what it is and what we've been talking about for a long time rob you and i two sets of people two sets of laws one bit of land apartheid just just tell me last on the annexation what do you think is going to happen over the next six months do they get in there and just bulldoze and start building i mean there's not a lot to bulldoze because it's you know yeah no, it's, it's pretty clear i don't think that he's going to stop netanyahu just wants to be in power and to get in power he needed these fringe Israeli parties to agree to him being in power. Uh, he's done a deal with Benny Gantz that, you know, they're going to share prime ministerships for, for a couple of years each, or 18 months wow. each. Um, he, this guy just wants to be in power. He's a complete megalomaniac. You know, he's under indictment. He's going to go to jail. Do, do you think he'll go? Oh, he has to go to jail, man. And it's, it's, wow. it's, it's, not, okay. um, it's not new territory. Israeli prime ministers have gone to jail before. So yeah, no, it's, it, it's, and it's, and it's an interesting one you know, that it's not a it's not abnormal or yeah, it's you know, not abnormal. To you know, well, I mean, look, the reality is you can't act in such a criminal way as a state and not ex- and not think that that act those actions aren't going to contaminate the rest of your everything. Personal. I mean, yeah. one one of the one of the huge challenges that Israel has is with respect to their kids, conscripts in the occupation. You know, many of them suffer terrible. PTSD, and I say terrible PTSD. Suicide because, rates too are high. Yeah, you know, it's not normal for a 19-year-old to hold, corral tens, hundreds, thousands of Palestinians and have that level of control over human beings, everyday movements. It's not normal. Now, no. some of them, you know, might enjoy it. Some of them think it's God's work. But, you know, just because they celebrate God on Saturday doesn't mean that they're bereft of the humanity that we all feel and many of them, many of them suffer terribly. Now, yep. on a scale of suffering where the Palestinians in Gaza are on four hours of uh, electricity per day and the daily calorific intake of their food is only allowed in, no access to the outside world for 15 years. No water. No water. You know, the UN said the place would be unlivable by 2020. Here we are. You know, a population density that would see um, Australia have something like 50 billion people in it, you know, crazy, crazy, crazy numbers and crazy inhumanity. And the depth of suffering is um, despicably low. All the Palestinians in refugee camps in Lebanon or the Palestinians uh, in Syria that have been displaced because of the civil war and the destruction of Yermuk, Palestinians in Jordan, etc., the Palestinians in East Jerusalem and West Bank, all of them suffer ongoing stress disorder. There's no post traumatic stress disorder no ptsd it's an ongoing stress disorder whereas israelis come out of that military conscription and then try and become normal you know how do you become normal after spending three years as a bloke or two years as a a woman at a checkpoint it's not right it's not possible to come uh unscathed it cannot not affect you in some way no so um anyway look the, the 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 reality is that corruption whether it's uh, in the state level and how that permeates its way through leadership and then, you know, in its own citizenry. It's, you know, we've often said, and I know um, Samah has a poem about it, but in the Palestinians' liberation and freedom, so too will the Israelis be liberated and freed. That's good. You know, it's very, very powerful. Now, Rob, we're going to play one of your favourite songs coming up. It's also one of mine, Queen... Don't stop me now. So listen to this song. Enjoy Freddie Mercury, you know, who was a great supporter of the Palestinians and really, really solid pillow. Don't stop me now. Tonight. 
came back from the lounge room where you know I had a big microphone I put my white t-shirt on and my tight pants and I've uh, I feel rejuvenated so thanks very much for that thank you it's uh, magnificent and motivational you've got a bit of Freddie Mercury about you yeah only a little bit only a little bit I want people to start talking oh they can talk before we finish up I just wanted to talk the Australian Jewish Democratic Society and Australia Palestine Advocacy Network has got an online launch of a joint statement on anti-Semitism. Tell us a little bit about it and how can we listen yeah, yeah, yeah. on Monday? Yeah, thanks, Rob. The Australian Jewish Democratic Society are, are really a wonderful progressive Jewish group. We've had Yael on from the AJDS previously and the way they describe themselves is a, a progressive voice amongst Jews and a Jewish voice amongst progressives. So, yeah, online seminar on Monday night. So if people go to apan.org.au, apan.org.au, they can register to watch watch that. Dr. Geordie Silverstein, uh, Vivian Paulzolt and Meher Maghrabi will be on the panel with myself. Look, three fantastic brains and me, so be sure to uh, listen to that. Uh, if you go to apan.org.au, you'll be able to find more details there. Basically, the crux of it is that 
the laws are trying to be changed over around the world that if you're mm -hmm. critical of israel it is deemed to be anti-semitism is that yeah. correct the conflation of the legitimate criticism of the state of israel and its actions with respect to the palestinians uh they're conflating that with anti-semitism they've created this parallel universe where because they've said that israel is the state of the jews that if you criticize that state you are therefore criticizing all jews and therefore you're anti-semitic and it's really really troubling for those of us who are concerned with the inalienable rights of the palestinians to self-determination to return that we can't criticize a state's actions without having the most vile of, of accusations held against us it's also freedom of speech thank god you know you, you can't criticize israel at all it's just it's outlandish disgraceful but not not something that we're surprised at sadly i mean look free speech should have its limitations you shouldn't be allowed to incite violence i shouldn't be able to f be free to say let's go kill all of the green people whomever they might be of course, of course. um but legitimate criticism of a state's actions are well within any the remit of any democracy i mean i'm an australian yeah. and i don't accept our refugee policy and, and if anybody tells me i'm not allowed to say that they can go get stuffed yeah glad you heard yeah. that there national <laughs> worried then for a second <laughs> Don't forget, don't forget to support 3CR at 3cr.org.au. Donate there and remember to free Palestine and join Robert and I next week. Fantastic. Enjoy the weekend.